Hello, welcome to episode 3 of the Classroom Management 101 podcast where we are currently reviewing the Pearson Classroom Management for Middle and High School Teachers by Edmund T. Emmer and Carol Evertson. And as I may have forgotten last week, we are also um, reviewing Better Than Carrots or Sticks, Restorative Practices for Positive Classroom Management by Dominique Smith, Douglas Fisher, and Nancy Fry. So I want to start out with the Pearson, and it's really focusing in this chapter about organizing your classroom and your materials, and I feel pretty strongly about this. I think that we need to, to get rid of the traditional classroom setup. Um, everybody facing forward, they're not really looking at each other. Um, circular is all right, but then it seems like you cut off half the room. I don't really want to do them side against side where you have one side of the room facing the other side of the room. So I was thinking almost more like stations um, where they would be L shapes in the corners, if possible, depending on class size, and then set my desk off to the side, one of the sides. And then that would leave the center of the room pretty much open for the instructor to circulate when we're actually doing work in class. Now, I feel like the the setup for the classroom is not as important as the materials that you're going to have to supply them with, and that's going to depend on what you're teaching. So if you have access to the materials, great. If you have a budget, great. If you don't, uh, you're going to need to do these things yourself. So depending on the amount you have in your budget, you're going to need to plan accordingly. So um, there's some good places to go for for smaller things. Axeman Surplus has always been a favorite. Um, but really, once you set up the room, that should, that should give you the idea of where you're going to go with the supplies. So now I want to jump over to the Better Than Carrots or Sticks um it's chapter two we're in uh, which is relationships and meaningful instruction and i really think this is important because if students don't trust us or know who we are or feel like we have a feel for what we're doing or a feel for them they're not going to connect and i also have issues with that uh, as far as content goes which i feel is part of meaningful instruction um a lot of people talk about how, how many times are they going to teach uh, Tom Sawyer. And there's there's uh, it's a good book, mind you, but it's very dated. And the use of language in it is not positive for, for urban students especially. So I would prefer to source my materials outside of that, which can also be a problem. And we were talking about um, classroom and materials before. This is one where I would rather spend less... Um, of my own money on classroom supplies other than text as I'm in the English uh, department. I would rather get many copies of more updated texts, uh, whether you can reach out and get those through donations or whether you can contact an author and get a supply of them for your classroom. Either way, I find that to be extremely important. Um, The rest of chapter two here is about relationships. And with that, I also feel like the culture of education has been definitely to model behavior, but what behavior are you modeling? And who are you modeling it to? If you're modeling behaviors that you find appropriate, but seem, we'll call it clunky or or outdated, 
or non-culturally connective to your students, then it's going to come off as just that. You're going to have a hard time getting through. So for myself, I find it's best to be honest and humorous where you you talk about the issues you've had. You talk about your life to a certain point. You don't want to get too much into your personal life and then the classroom devolves into that. But you talk about your struggles in your own life um, and you make sure to ask questions and talk to your students about their own lives. And that usually will make a, uh, a good connection with them. And then you have to try to relate their experiences in their lives as well as yours to their academic lives and then through that and hopefully through some decent content if you're able to do that you can start you can start doing um things like collaborative learning um when you have a when you have a classroom set up and a a culture in your classroom set up where students feel okay to express themselves and the Uh, have the respect enough for you and their peers to where they can work in small groups it's really great to just do that and that is that is my ultimate goal is I would like to have four pockets in my room for groups and we can combine those and come back to whole class things as well but I'd like to have those pockets and I'd like to arrange them I mean I don't like assigned seating but I think uh Everyone could sit where they want, and then the groups could be structured in a way that they're self-supportive, where you have strong candidates, um, whether you have EL students or uh, special ed students in there, where you have someone who's there to support them. Maybe you have a, a L1 English language learner, and then you also have a, a three, and you put them together in a group, and they support each other in both their first language as well as, as English. So I think all of those things are very important. Also, I believe that um, the the assignments need to have some meaning and some basis in what they're gonna they're gonna use in their future lives. And for that, it, that that takes a lot of planning and a lot of thinking about okay, where are the students looking to go? Which also involves you asking them, where are you gonna go? So we need that in order to be successful as teachers. So I want to thank everyone for coming out for the brief uh, chapter three Pearson review of classroom management for middle school and high school teachers, as well as better than carrots or sticks chapter two. I'm Jacob Bexel. Have a great night.